Welcome to the interesting podcast. My name is Edwin and with me as always is my friend Nevin. Yes, sir. Yes, um, we've been in a seven month hiatus, but we are finally, finally back. How was your holiday, Nevin? My holiday, <laughs> absolutely disgraceful. Stuck at home. Of course. Not getting any sunlight. I feel as if I've developed vitamin D deficiencies. Um, I can't even stand up anymore. I think my now natural state of movement is just lying down on my bed. Anyway, that's just my story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, with me, we have a special guest uh, who, who we, who's joining us today, Jesselyn. Hi. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh, she's working as an English teacher at a, at a, at a school. Wait, I, sh- I should know this. I should know. Why don't okay. you know this, man? To be in there, in there, that memory of yours, in the hypothalamus. Is that what it's called? Ah, wait, I don't know. Okay. Cerebral okay. And yeah, so today we're going to be talking about, uh, I mean, because because we've been away for seven months, we are, of course, going to be talking about the COVID because uh, it's been in all of our lives. And in this case, because because we have a teacher with us, we're going to be asking a few questions about stuff education wise and you know what's what's actually happening happening in the schools and things because uh currently here we uh, you know um schools are closed like everyone's studying from home uh so yeah that's the intro Jesslyn, I'm imagining you as a young, let's say, how old are we? Maybe 18, <laughs> 17, 16, whatever age you are. I was going to say, thinking, be careful, be careful, very, very careful with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, okay, might have been a bad way to start off. Okay, let's scratch that. Let's say, when you were young. No, right? it was good. Okay, yeah, yeah. When you were young, did mm. you ever envision becoming a teacher? and teaching through a global pandemic. Is that what really stirred you on to try and become a teacher? Um, no, of course not. You wouldn't exactly envision yourself in you know, a few years' time uh, thinking that you would have to teach young people of today's generation um, and try to keep them going and keep them surviving educationally through a whole global pandemic. No, of course, that's not exactly what I envisioned. But at the same time, I will admit that um, I've always loved uh, the idea of teaching and educating uh, the minds of young people, especially in the sense um, of teaching them how to be resilient, um, especially through a tough time like this. I think it's also vital, not only being able to teach your subject that you love, uh, but being able to teach vital life skills, such as uh, how to take care of yourself, especially in uh, difficult times like this. So no is the answer. I never, I never, of course, predicted that this would happen. But at the same time, um, it's a testing time for everyone, and especially people um, of a young age group, I guess, will turn out to be much more resilient than maybe mm. many other uh, generations uh, to come. Who knows? So has it been easier or harder to teach them now then? Well, um, if, if I'm honest, um, my entire teaching career has actually now been based around this global pandemic in the sense that I have only been teaching. This is only my second year of teaching. Um, and with last year, uh, my first, very first year of teaching, um, we were, so the I started teaching last year in September. Um, 
2019 and by March time we'd already approached the pandemic and approached lockdown so um, the fact that now we're still having to go through the whole pandemic even in my second year of teaching this is essentially what I've been used to in a weird way because um, my entire career has been um, it, for the duration of that pandemic time so no That's it's not been crazy. easy that's crazy you just jumped in right into the deep end right <laughs> but it was a good question because um no it's not been easy but at the same time I can't exactly say that I would have imagined teaching to be any other way because I don't have any other experience of teaching apart from having to teach during a, a pandemic if that makes sense hmm. okay that's crazy mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think like has it been easy to do like I, not as in easy but is it easy to adapt for not only you but like many teachers within your school like how have they been coping with it um so um essentially when it comes to teaching um, the one thing you have to be is adaptable and whether that means that you adapt to um, new changes within you changing um a, a school curriculum for example or you even changing schools and going to a completely different school and starting all over again um, in terms of adapting to the new environment or you even adapting to an emergency that might happen during a lesson so the idea that there may be like a fire emergency or something or again you adapting to a child that might be um, misbehaving and you having to handle one child who is misbehaving and then having to handle like 20 other kids or 25 30 other kids in my situation um, who are you are trying to maintain their focus so teaching essentially is all about adapting and trying to maintain that focus as much as you possibly can now where it comes to the pandemic um, and in terms of teachers trying to um, adapt I would say teachers have become so much more resilient because they don't have a choice much like so many vulnerable people and key workers especially at this uh, of this time you just don't have a choice but to have to adapt so it's not been easy and of course and um, there's been a lot of stress with having to adapt so much um but because our department i will give credit to our department and particularly our school uh, but most mostly my t- uh, the department i'm in because we have such a wonderful supportive system and it's the idea that if one of us feels like we're falling behind um we've only got a phone call or a message away from each other to just make sure that everything is okay and that we can just check up on each other and make sure that um most of all of course we're trying to take care of many young people but at the same time that we're also taking priority and taking care of ourselves and each other within the department um and making sure that everything everyone's okay so yeah it's it's been it's been difficult but it's we're surviving we're surviving sorry i think i forgot to mention this so so just Jess, <laughs> is teaching in a secondary school slash six, six form as well right yes i'm teaching year 12s as well yeah yeah year seven all the way to year 12 year 13 i mean not not year 13s yet, not, not not yet th- but it's, it's yeah it goes from yeah it's an all-girls school in, in slough um and it's from yeah ranging from year sevens to all the way to year six or year 13 yeah okay I mean, I'm, I mean, the one thing I want to say is something I think a lot of parents realized as well, um, which I wanted to mention. Like, this was what, what my mom was saying is, I don't know how the teachers handle handle my kid, let alone 30 more. Like, like how did they do this? And I think, I think in, yeah, I think, I think in your case, sorry, one, one second. Oh, my. I can hear Andy. Is that Shine Andy? She has the throat of a god. And that is powerful. Five minutes later. So, yeah, I just wanted to say, um, in terms of the parents and their thinking, basically, when the the pandemic started, 
after a, after a few few weeks, my mom was kind of like saying, "How are teachers taking care of my kid? Like not just my kid, but like thirty other kids. Like how how are they actually doing this? Because um, it's been it's been a strain on you know strain on the parents because you know they have to look after them, or not, and not only look after them but also te- teach them as well. Because you know like all of that was limited when the pandemic started. It's crazy because like I'm just I'm just thinking right." As a teacher, right? I went to a secondary school, of course, right? And um, we had some characters there. And especially mm. when you have some characters amongst, let's say, 30, 30 people. I don't know. I've seen some teachers absolutely lose it. Mm. Completely lose it. Start mm. screaming on the top of their lungs. The thing is, you have to feel sorry for them. Because I'll tell you right mm. now, some kids are pieces. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> It's true. It's just like, how do you even, how, how, for example, Jesslyn, how would you cope with someone who's, who's quite rowdy, quite disruptive? Is there like a protocol that every teacher has to follow? Is it like a standard thing or is every teacher different? Uh, so when it comes to, so this is the thing, um, when it comes to um, behavior issues, um, you have to consider all perspectives. So it's not just the fact that that student might be um, having a little bit of a, a moment then and there. There might be sort of a, a story behind it. So with many of my kids that have had uh, behavior issues, it's always because of the fact that they're just clearly either dealing with personal uh, issues. Again, it might be the fact that they're not dealing with um, the stress of being in year 11 and especially going home to be a year 11 student. Um, and going through this whole pandemic where everything is virtually unpredictable for them and the idea that there might have been a, a mini trigger in that happened within the lesson for them to have just exploded like that. So if, if, if teachers consider the fact that there are genuine um, concerns for many students and that could be the main cause of these outbreaks, then... Yes, teachers might be able to be understanding and sympathetic towards that student or students. However, if there are, of course, recurrent students who um, have that um, well-known characteristic to them to be <laughs> to be rowdy, that type of person at school. Uh, well, exactly, exactly. There's always going to be at least one person who you know is going to bring the show to the class. So, like, you know <laughs> that you've got to be ready for it. But at the same time, it's it's almost like. Of course, with teachers, um, we all have patience. It's almost instilled within us because that is a part of your everyday job. But um, I will admit that, of course, I've lost my as well. Like when it comes to (laughs) kids in my class that have just wanted to take their moment and just have the stage. And I'm just like, no, it's about me, guys. It's all about me. You you, I don't care. I need to be the center stage. (laughs) And I need to take everything. So this is this is the thing. It 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 makes you it makes you so proud almost to see that students can still be just as annoying virtually as they can <laughs> in school. It makes you so proud. I'm I'm always I'm like oh a proud mama. I'm like oh poor child. You have still surpassed my expectations of being annoying even at home. <laughs> Well done, you, sweet child. Well done. So I always, of course, applaud. Well done, well done, girls, um, for doing that to me and causing stress. Um, but yes, it's, it's the point that um, I, I've had incidents where um, girls have, um, at my school anyway, they have um, tested me on many times at school. Yes, they have. Um, but again, it's the idea that once you, it, 
honestly, it makes a world of a difference when you have that one-to-one conversation uh, with them and you understand, actually, there's so much to um, what might, might have happened in that moment of, of panic. And even at home, I'm sure that they are dealing with um, just as much pressure because of the idea that they are stuck within the four walls of their home and they're not able to relieve that stress that they may have been going through um, with friends in the sense that at least at school, you were able to talk to your friends and you were able to socialize and be able to have that break from your lessons and, and be able to almost vent. However, when you're at home, it's almost like you don't have that filter, that opportunity for a filter. And of course, then you're feeling more restrained. And then the only people that you are interacting with is the teachers via the virtual lesson. So of course, you want to take that opportunity, that glimmering opportunity to want to take the And so I've had opportunities of uh, kids in my class where they have actively muted me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm, I love it. And, <laughs> and try to silence my voice, even when, even when I'm trying to teach and educate these girls. They have said, "No, Miss, we shall not let you talk." <laughs> and you do. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's it's funny because I've tried to even when I'm trying to even correct their behaviour and say, "Listen, girls." Um, this is not right. I'm trying to teach you. They have still silenced me, even when I'm trying. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, was it just just you, or or like other teachers having the same problem as well? Oh yeah, of course. Like other teachers are having issues with it, and of course it's not. I mean, I'm, I would hope it's not just me, but like it's it's been. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be that'll be that'll be pretty. <laughs> That would say something, but like, yeah. um, no, they have I'm... a personal vendetta just for you, I oh, guess. Yeah, yeah. Which again, <laughs> I, yeah, I would, that, I would we're talking about vendettas. Do mm. they like you as a teacher? First of all, like, do they even do they think of you highly? Or uh, well, I would I would say that for the fact that they, um, for the most part, haven't caused me so much trouble. That yes, oh, <laughs> I would say that they... for a first year, second year teaching, that's not mm. too bad. Well, the thing is, um, the the idea is that the good thing about being a young teacher um, is the fact that you can, of course, relate to them. Um, and again, it's the idea that you, because you can envision um, how you were um, at that age, uh, very much more so than uh, teachers of, of much more experience. It's the idea that you can then um, have that almost a balancing understanding um, that there is... <clears throat> A teacher standing in front of you but at the same time there is also someone who actually went through the exact same struggles of being in a secondary school um very much more recent to um them than they would think but again it's the idea that you've got to have this approach with young people that you need to have um a sense see i think with the teach the teachers they almost think that they have no personality and that's why they're in teaching which again i can understand that there is that notion there but Damn, at the same that time must hit right here in the heart I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I thought, of course, I feel like that's something that's that's a given. But at the same time, it's with teachers that you have uh, that interaction with that uh, almost banter, as these girls want to say, mm. that that you get to understand not only are they a teacher, but they are someone of a support system that can be there for you um, if you ever need them to to take care of you in other means. So it's, it's the idea that... Um, you just have to you you just have to be open minded to the fact that you will be tested by the same people that are sat in front of you who are at least like fifteen years younger than you, ten, fifteen years. But at the same time they will also be a highlight to your day because of the fact that you encounter so many different personalities in one day. And I always say to everyone who asks me about teaching, 
every day is different to the next or the day before and you just have to be open-minded one day you might walk into school and you might walk into a lesson where you are completely um just enthusiastic about your lesson and enthusiastic about the kids but the next lesson straight after that in within about 30 minutes of having another class you might be completely dragged down by the fact that again someone just wants to take center stage and just start singing bright and shine bright like a diamonds in, in the corner of the in the corner of the classroom and I'm just sat there just thinking this is not your moment this is just sing it outside in the in the on the playground where I can't hear you that's probably the best <laughs> best place to do it but not in in the middle of my classroom so it's the idea that again just be open-minded and just have that uh, almost like a just let the teachers know what it is, have to but do. Let, let, let them do what they're trained to do. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the teachers' union. Because I think I would really like to know about this, right? So, Justin, okay. tell me. Because you must have, you're part of a teachers' union, right? Yes. You know I that am. they're quite involved in um, uh, lobbying with like, government ministers and, and yeah. talking with them on how to go about adapting to the COVID pandemic in terms of teaching, exams, stuff like that. Not many people know how a teachers' union works, right? They, they don't know the structure of it. They don't know what kind of function they play specifically. I was, I was hoping you could shed some light on that. So let's start off with like, the first question. What is a teachers' union? What do they really do? So a teachers' union is almost uh, like a representative um, in terms of uh, protecting um, those of, a, of an ed- educational um, background to ensure that uh, it should anything happen in terms of issues um, that may happen during their career, um, that they can always seek advice from um, experts who would give them that advice that prioritise their needs, essentially. That's what a, a union is in the sense that they represent um, the best interests of the teachers. Um, and it's the idea that with um, the structure, in all honesty, I'm actually not entirely sure what the specific structure is, but it's based on um, unions are always based on like, democratic value, the idea that people have an equal position and an equal say. Um, and of course, like I said, at the at the same time, they have that um, value of prioritising the needs of teachers and ensuring that they are properly taken care of, should they uh, especially specifically um, encounter any issues that, that may be happening in their uh, career time. So, yeah, that's essentially what I would say a union is or a teaching union is. I mean, we saw that during the COVID um, pandemic, like, you know, uh, I think it was a teachers union that was saying, you know, you can't we can't have teachers. um, Mm. I mean, even though they're key workers, we don't want them um, to be teaching like face to face right right now because because of the spread and everything happening. Mm. Yeah. I think I think that you know that was a clear indication of where the, you know the teachers union were basically saying we are you know we are protecting the, our teachers because um, you know that's what they're all about. Mm. So, yeah. So when it comes, okay, right. So right now we've seen it yeah, in the news. Um, there are a huge conflict with the government ministers, right? Mm. When it comes to uh, we need to make sure that schools are open, make sure that mm. kids are getting their education. And some may argue at the expense of the teacher's health. What's your position on it? Well, actually, the particular union that I'm supporting, um, they're trying to maintain both the government support as well as um, teacher support by actually campaigning for teachers to be vaccinated. So it's the idea that um, they're trying to campaign and almost promote the idea that not only um, should it be understandable that teachers um, should go into 
go into schools to be able to educate um young people um as the government are trying to trying to enhance um, but at the same time that they can also provide that safety and security to teachers by being able to have them vaccinated so that they um, actually feel safe um, and secure in their environment should they have to be pushed by the government to go back into school okay. so that's just one thing that like I think what the unions are trying to do is to maintain um, some sort of a peacefulness in terms of um, on one side having teachers who are quite verbally um, expressing the idea that they don't feel safe and of course that was of course my main one of my main concerns as well um, but at the same time there are also uh, people of um, uh, within society of um, in terms of key workers saying that they are struggling with childcare uh, in the sense that because these kids are not in school, um, they're having to deal with everyday issues such as trying to maintain childcare because of the fact that they're still having to go into work, uh, or even the idea that even uh, parents that are staying at home, that they cannot maintain working from home as well as educating their child. So of course, unions are not oblivious to all of these issues that are going on. So uh, as I was saying, particularly what I like about this union that I'm supporting is the fact that they are promoting that idea that they are trying to... Um, balance out the whole entire situation by uh, campaigning that teachers uh, should be a priority to be vaccinated so that we can get teachers back in school and again we can at least have some sort of a routine and normality um, to getting kids back in school and again providing them the education that they deserve right okay so would you say that okay so if, if your union that you're part of are quite um uh, quite supportive of the government would you mm. argue that that consensus is shared amongst all the other trade unions or is it does it diverge from union to union i think it would diverge um i don't think essentially um that you know all the unions are in support of um the views and opinions of each other otherwise there wouldn't be so many diverse unions that actually exist when it comes to teaching but at the same time um i would ultimately say that um one thing that all of the unions can at least um agree upon is the fact that it's the the support of the teachers and the need of the teachers that are, that should be prioritised um, in the sense that these teachers, and, and again, I can only be, speak on my behalf, but teachers will work very hard to ensure that they provide that education for young people. And with that, there should be that safety and that security um, for teachers to be able to ensure that they provide the best possible education for these young people. Um, but at the same time, as I said, it's it's uncertain circumstances, whether or not you try to fixate on one uh, type of specific way to move forward, it doesn't necessarily have to be the best product possible way the following day because the circumstances might be completely different the, the next day so given the uncertain circumstances i feel like unions are trying to um synthesize that the best possible way that they know they can provide that education for young kids but at the same time ensure that they're still providing that safety and security for teachers as well okay that was very interesting i can't lie i think i learned some <laughs> new things myself that's, that's, that's good that's good that's good Hmm. but I, I know, let me just, ask you as well yeah. I'm sorry like I need to ask you like from a student's perspective how do you think that um that the education system and how the government are maintaining um, the education system do you think it's actually effective for students especially from coming from you I think you because you're doing your you're about to do your uh, a-levels as well aren't you yeah well yeah yeah well you were meant to so how did you feel when they said that they cancelled the exams <sighs> thing is right Wait, this wait, wait, they, they cancelled it. Wait, what? 
They've cancelled two seasons and A levels. They're going to do assessments. They're going to yeah. There's no main. There's no main GCSEs or A levels anymore. So yeah, it's the fact that they're doing mini assessments and they are most likely going to be teacher assessed. So again, like, how are you going to? How did you process all of that? Wait, wait. So wait, it's all going to be on you basically for the eleven. Possibly they're still they're still fixing everything, but yeah, there's a high there's a high unlikely chance that it yeah it's it's going to be according to teachers. So for any student of Jocelyn listening out there. Be good. You better get your son. You better get together, son. I'm telling you, my kids, my year 11s. You better get your together, girls. I'm telling you now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. I don't know. But yeah. For how me, did you feel? Thing is, right. I was meant to um do the exams from last year, right? Instead, we were given mm. uh, central assessed grades. They weren't enough for mm. for medicine, right? They weren't enough for any offers, right? So obviously, as a result of that, I would have to sit the exams this year instead. So obviously, there's a bit, a bit of uncertainty. There's a bit, um, a bit apprehensive about everything right now. But I'm hoping um, it's way more better. As in, the process is way more better than the debacle that happened last year, right? With the with the government saying one thing, doing up U-turns. Yeah. Something that we all desperately need is clarity. And, yeah. and with clarity, yeah. something that is. I would say fair and effective, right? Mm. It's like mm. last year, I think they started. You they used a what was it? A an, an algorithm. God awful, disgraceful. Mm-hmm. Really put many kids yeah. at a disadvantage, especially from poorer poorer places, right? That poor, not poorer places, mm. but poorer boroughs within London, especially. Disadvantage. Exactly. Yeah. So um yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. be honest. Definitely. When they did do a U turn. It was a relief for some people. Um, it was a relief for me because now my loads of my friends uh, were able to get uh, higher grades um, from the teacher assessed uh, assessments and stuff like that. So yeah, it, mm. it was good at that point. But before that, Jesus Christ, it was hellish. Mm. But yeah, hopefully they okay. do something better now. Hopefully they do something better now. Yeah, right now all the schools, the schools are closed mm. uh, unless, unless you know the t. Te- sorry, unless the Unless the parents are working and you know they they need to, oh, wait. I think that's for primary so schools, isn't key, it? No, so key workers um and um and key workers children and vulnerable students can go into schools. Yes, even to even to this day, they still can go into schools, uh, and there will be um SLTs, so members of the senior leadership team, uh, as well as mm. cover teachers, supply supply teachers that will be there to supervise these kids whilst they're at school, mm. um, but still be expected to join virtually. So it's the idea that they would be supervised physically in school, but they are still being taught virtually uh, whilst they're mm. in school um, and at least whilst they're in school there are of course um, as Nevin mentioned there are disadvantaged students that would be in school that wouldn't even have that access to laptops so it's the idea mm. that they would still be provided with that at least that access that basic access to still be taught by, um, by teachers. That's very important um, isn't it? They, didn't the government even try and uh, uh, procure some laptops or free devices for students who are unable yeah, to um, yeah. access online lessons isn't that something that's happened with with, with that with the help of the yeah, trade unions or is it just something that's completely independent i think that was uh, if i'm honest i think it was it was unions that tried to point it out but i think they i'm sure the government would try to point out that it was off their own back that they tried to <laughs> Bring that, but I don't think I don't think that. Um, I mean, of course, I'm sure you guys heard about the whole free school meals um, yeah. issue that's been going on, um, mm. and um, we all know how uh, certain politicians um, 
had voted against it but yes yet now they're they're in full support of everything that's happening mm-hmm. with the changes that are happening with um the free school meals uh, and the whole turnaround and it even got to the point where um a footballer uh, a, cel- a celebrity had to reinforce the importance of feeding these young children um who did not have their basic needs being met um and just were decided decided uh, by the uh, government of our 21st century unfortunately to to have that rejected um which again says a lot about our, give, our current given state but yes schools and trade unions are trying to provide as much access as possible in terms of basic needs so whether or not mm. that's in the form of providing uh, it access or whether if it's providing free school meals which we're trying our very best to make sure that every child is taken care of in the best possible way mm. i got a i got a question like this is this this for all of us i guess like one do you think this is going to keep going on for the next class year so next september i mean this this september onwards is it is going to continue and if it i mean and if it does like i mean are there going to be any you know any repercussions like because like i mean how how long can we keep this doing i guess just to clarify do you mean like online teaching do you mean virtual teaching do you think it will continue in september is that what you're asking yeah yeah exactly yeah Okay, no, Nevin, I mean, you, I was gonna, yeah, Nevin, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say, right, <laughs> with that, I just think it's just a cycle of, it's just, it's a very detrimental cycle for students, right? Because if you mm-hmm. continue to do online teaching, let's be honest, it's the quality of teaching is not as good as it is when you're teaching face-to-face or learning face-to-face. And I think people mm-hmm. will be at a much more disadvantage. But thing is with that, right? We're still making new vaccines, right? There are many vaccines that have been rolled out. There have been um, uh, many other companies or pharmaceutical companies that have tried synthesizing a better vaccine for the new strain. So I think as long as there is no other new strain of coronavirus out there, I think perhaps this year could be the last. Um, That's just me being optimistic. I don't know what you think, Jocelyn. Yeah, I would. Yeah, exactly. I would agree that on an optimistic um perspective you would you would hope to god that this is the last year that students would have to suffer uh, not only students by the way shout out to my girls <laughs> teachers suffer as well of course um, <laughs> teachers also suffer from the mm. virtual teaching because yes again as nevin pointed out it's not the same you just don't get that same value of education when you're teaching online uh, as mm. you do in in school and it's uh, let me also point out that teachers as much as um, there's so much press going on um, online that teachers are not doing their job and that the idea that we're not apparently we're not um, justifying our means of teaching these kids we're trying our very best to again provide that much more stability and that routine to these students to these young kids um, in amongst all of this uncertainty but yes even we teachers understand that no it's not the same as being able to provide that same quality of education when we're in person um, uh, but it's it's just we're just trying to deal with the given circumstances as much as we can um, mm. just like everyone else um, so wait so um so then like thinking about all of this like is it i mean is, is there going to be a knock-on effect in the future because you, you you essentially have two years worth of students i mean two years worth of you know studying and everything just not not gone out of the window but like much more much more reduced right mm. is it is, well, is that going to be speaking on that for example, um, I was on a, um, a forum on Student Room. Many 
many um, students use student room, right? Um, they've heard about it. They've probably used it to talk about um, admissions, stuff like that. Anything, right? Absolutely anything. And I was talking to a, um, a, a person who's a, I would say, a moderator or an ambassador mm. for uh, medicine in there. And what he suggested, mm. right, as a result of all these um, inflated grades and um, um, one drawback from that is that the dropout rate for the course of medicine is going to increase, I would say, he said, mm. um, quite significantly. Mm. I see. And do you think that's because of the the because of what we see that's going on within the hospitals um, and what quite clearly doctors and nurses and other key essential workers are having to deal with? Is that why there would be such a dropout rate increase? Not specific, or... not really. But what he suggested was a completely different perspective. Other than that, what he's saying is that okay. the proficiency of some um, medical students would decrease because of these um, uh, inflated grades. And as a result, some of them might not be able to cater oh. the course. Because let's be honest, a six-year course is quite strenuous. Um, takes a lot oh. out of you. Um, you have to be mentally prepared to do it. Not even mentally, but physically prepared to do it. Um, and that also brings into question the quality of um, medical treatment that some people have to give. Because if um, That's fair. if some uh, medical students haven't got a great foundation in some of the key A-level subjects like biology and chemistry, um, mm. sometimes it brings into question how well they could be when being a doctor, right? Um, so mm. that, that was his take on it. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. What about you, Jocelyn? No, I, I, I thought, I genuinely thought it was because of the idea that um, I think um, many many people who are blessed, so blessed to be able to um, do a, a, any medical course or medicine specifically or anything to do with um, providing that medical care for um, for our society um, maybe in some cases might not be so uh, I think what I'm trying to say is that I think many people um, might be at first quite naive mm. um, before entering something into such a, a, a strenuous um, career path but um, I genuinely thought that the drop rate would be would be because of the fact that there is so much more exposed in terms of the medical world now, and the and again, it doesn't even have to be based on being on the front line um, and being in emergency units. It could even be something um, such as being uh, working in uh, with care home residents, and again, the stress, stress, and and a vast amount of, I'm sure. Um, sacrifices that you would have to make and it's the idea that I'm sure now young people are thinking twice before um, entering upon uh, a specific career path and if mm. if despite everything that's going on if they just decide to still stick with their uh, with their choices I honestly commend yeah. uh, every single person that would do that because I can't imagine being in in your position so never again like I said I can't imagine being in your position among many other students that would be in that situation to have to still almost rethink your entire career path because of what's been going on in the in the in the entire world but again those of you who still would be willing to provide um that honorable um type of a career to society again I think it's it says a lot about I'm sure their willpower or even their um What's the word? I don't know. But again, I just I just think that for for people of today's generation, it's it's really tough. It's really tough. I can't I can't imagine being in that position. So mm. yeah. honestly, it's, it's honestly mm. commendable, honestly, because the amount of resilience you must have to try and stick mm. through with that degree is it, it, 
it's it's amazing so Mm. on that note as well do you guys sorry this is like a random this is a random question there's also been like a a campaign um with students university students um who despite this whole um pandemic happening are still having to deal with paying tuition fees do you guys have any thoughts about that and the and the whole idea that um there are students who are campaigning to have refunds on the tuition fees what i don't know what are your thoughts about that Mm. i mean while okay, while I was in uni, I think I think uh, I think one of the professors was was telling us, like he basically split the nine thousand pound you know we had to pay into mm-hmm. like into like each day, and and it was like what fifty sixty pounds or something. I mean, I mean, I would double check that. I mean, that's how much money you're spending on your on your studying like every mm-hmm. single day, and so basically, you know, he was saying make sure you know make sure you come into lectures make sure you study make sure you use all the resources available and i mean i mean that's what comes to mind but like if you think about it right now uh pretty much right now the unis don't have to deal with i don't know maintenance and stuff like that because there's no one there okay there's a lot of stuff that unis don't have to deal with so then the question becomes you know you're right like like what what why do they need all that nine thousand you know pounds for like mm. like i'm just staying home with a laptop yeah. and i'm not getting any other help like other than being yeah. with the person so all all they really need to do is pay the professors or whoever's teaching and that's it that's all you really need to do right like and then and then maybe the subscription to microsoft teams or you know mm. google meet or whatever whatever they're using and don't forget there are also students that's for residential students like um mm. don't forget there are international students who uh, pay twice mm. as hard honestly twice mm. as much for their tuition fees to travel leave their loved ones from one country travel to another country for their education their better well-being mm. they thought and then mm. have to land in a country and only to be only to be then noticing the fact that they paid all of that tuition money to sit at home in their student rooms, completely isolated, and having to then deal with possible, not even guaranteed, but possible online teaching, uh, and having mm. to have the whole entire university experience, international university experience, within a student room. Like that's Ugh. that's when it gets to another level of um, how can how can the government ignore students like that and then government just i don't know i I have no idea i mean i mean that's where i would say like really think i mean okay if it's international students i mean i know that a lot of them um coming here to study is a a good is a good way to get to united kingdom right because then Mm. after you study you can find a job and then hopefully get a visa and everything and you know go and you know make a make a good life for yourself in a in a in a first first world country right Mm. um but then when it comes to when it comes to people who are already here what i always tell them is don't just think that uni is the only way out like there are other ways there are other ways of i don't know making money there are other ways of studying there are there are other ways of looking at things and i mean i know that you know in 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 indian family <laughs> in kerala families i would say in this case specifically yeah. uh going to uni and getting and getting a degree is the only way to get you ahead, you know, to get ahead in life if you want to be considered part of the family you're going to uni yeah. don't, i don't know you anymore no yeah, yeah. like mm. you know so it's it's uh, yeah like if you don't do a degree then no like nothing matters anymore but um but mm. you know what i say is you know there are other like like what i would tell everyone like who's coming here like by you just being in uk 
you have a much better shot of finding something in you know, a finding work of finding something you can do and make good good living for yourself than i don't know anyone in india right now i mean mm-hmm. i mean that's the example i give them but you know it is it is true you know just by being here you have a you have a much much better chance of having a good you know having a better life and take full advantage of it mm-hmm. um so you know that that obviously means that you know you have to do your research and everything and i mean you know uh here here the government you know gives gives us a loan to basically go to union stuff which is good but you know you you have to pay it off and everything right so that's the that's the other side of it but at the same time you know do you really have to even go into that kind of debt debt when you can just work uh work in wh- whatever you're passionate for about example, like some other way exactly yeah because because and, yeah. yeah i know i know a few people uh in my workplace who are actually like i mean i mean they started as an apprentice mm-hmm. at the company and they basically worked their way up and you know you know now they're making you know good good money and at the same time they learned a lot lot more things mm-hmm. um but like you know when you're coming straight from uni it's not it's not the same like yeah. i think you know like like for me coming out of uni and then going straight into work like they assume i mean in some cases they assume they you know you know the things already mm-hmm. i mean in my case it was a yes because i i mean i don't just look at what what the professors are te- you know are teaching me i, I look at all the other, other stuff as well but you know when you're, when you're an apprentice you know they assume you know nothing and you know they they teach mm-hmm. you their way uh which which is you know which is a pretty really a good way to go as well I mean, I've always told my kids, um, especially when they've tried to um, decide what they want to do in terms of... Never know. Are you laughing at the fact that I said my kids? I was so like... I was, think, I was just thinking, what? She's a mother already? Have I been living in a bubble? <laughs> then it made sense. Then it made sense. I mean, they annoy me and they they test everything in my being, but they're still my girls. So, of course, I will always refer to them as my kids. But, like, at the same time... Um, Understandable. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say now, you know. You lost I'm so me. sorry. I, on, think, I just think it's my fault now. Oh, your fault. You said you were going to tell them. You said you would tell them something. Yeah, okay. So when it comes to, so um, given these circumstances, of course, you still, year 11 still have to go through the process of applying to sixth form and applying to colleges or whatever they want to do. So I've always said, and there have been many, many students that have come to me and said, Miss, like I, my parents are saying that I need to do this degree and that degree and that degree. And I'm just saying, to them exactly like this there are so many other opportunities if you think about this analogy so that's why I was saying um that I was going to talk about this analogy um you if you were one day wanting to go from place a to place b it doesn't matter what train route or what type of transport you use to get there the whole point is is that you must have learned something whichever way of transport you went you must have learned something you must have experienced something to be able to get to that final destination and it's the idea that there will be many people who will want to get to the same destination as you but the whole point is is that you make the most out of that journey to get there and you make the most out of that experience to get to that final destination mm. and you ensure that you make the most out of it it cannot be something that's just given to you on a silver platter you need to work mm. hard and you need to ensure because don't forget if you wanted to get into a, a be able to drive a car you still need to get a driving license you still need to be able to do the theory test you still need, be, need to be able to have the money to to finance the petrol or the insurance for that car 
similar process for getting onto a train. If you need to get on a train to go from place A to place B, you still need to be able to know how to get onto a train. As silly as that might mm. sound, it's the idea. You need to know the basics. You need to understand the value of being able to go from place A to place B. You need to have the finance, financial stability. There are so many different aspects that you need to consider before making an active choice to go from place A to place B. But and then, and then, again, it's and the idea course, that you understand... My God, what is this? Listen, Socrates is speaking right now, Edwin. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying that it's it's one of those things where you will learn something, whatever you go through. Yeah. And it's the whole the whole point is, is that you need to make the most out of it. And if you want to get somewhere, you just need to work hard. Now you can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was going to say, like, like, obviously obviously if you want to go from place a to place b you have to know where play i mean you you need to have a you you need to have a thing about what place b needs to be as well like not just mm, mm. i mean i mean sometimes you, you won't even have that so i mean that's where like like i think i think for me i didn't even know what i wanted to do mm. but i did i did know the way to get there whatever it might yeah. be you know to your to your analogy i mean you know you could just say I mean, I mean, the final destination is somewhere inside London and I'm all the way in Scotland. Mm. I obviously know there needs to be, I need to take, take this train to specifically get to London. And once you get to London, you know, you get a bus or whatever way you need to go. And then finally you get your final destination. Mm. So in that case, you know, even if you don't know where you're, where you're going to be in a few years, at least take that, take that step and take that, start that journey mm. and see, see where it goes. Mm. And, but again, yeah. the whole point is, is that you need to do your research. That, that's yeah, the whole point you need to do your research and you need to do your hard you, you need to still put that hard work in because again even if you don't know where that final destination is you still need to know what where you're going and what what kind exactly. of path you're taking you still need to make some sort of a decision for yourself so again it's the idea that that's all on you that's still all exactly. on you and you can't go ahead and in in 10 years 15 years time you can't arrive at a specific place in your life and say oh i'm only here because I didn't know what else to do. You cannot say that. <laughs> you can't say it to yourself. Oh. It was because I hated my teachers in science that I went to do maths. Like that's mm. that's not going to get you anywhere. So my <laughs> like like I said, it's on you, and especially for students of this time. Again, I I commend you guys so much in the sense that you have so much more tougher um, decisions to make, and in such a, a that much more of a pressurized sort of um, circumstances to have to make those decisions in. But the whole point is, is that you talk and you ensure to communicate whatever you're unsure about, whatever you're uncertain about, you talk to your loved ones and you ask for that support. That's the most important thing. You were mentioning that because of the lockdowns right now that we have here, mm. you can't even meet your friends, right? You can't even meet your mm. school friends. So I guess, I guess this is a question to Nevin then, because, you know, he's still oh. studying. So how that, you know, how's that going? Like, you know, not being able to see your you friends at school and everything. The thing with that is, right. It is quite, it's quite sad. I'll be honest, like, I, I think I'm losing my mind just being by mm. myself at home, just with my own thoughts and not really being extroverted as I'm meant to do. Because I'll be honest, right, I don't do well by myself all the time. I just, I, I can't stand mm. it, right? I mean, I, just, like, I mean, I did, I did see your slow, slow, uh, slow walk to madness over the past seven months. So listen, and that's the main reason why I just, I can't just talk to my friends, go meet them, go have a little, little munch munch over at the restaurant at Nando's. Any munch other, munch. that's the thing. Listen, I like that. that's the thing. Munch. Okay. Munch. Oh yeah, I miss, I miss Nando's. 
I'm Miss Nando's. Yeah. Uh, all Indians, all aunties pronounce Nando's as Nando's. Let's be Listen, honest. I ain't no auntie, but the, I am that you person. You are an auntie because you just pronounce Nando's as Nando's. That is a generation thing from your mum. I can't handle this. I've said, I've said to people, it's the right way. Is You have to say it as Nando's. That's the right way to say Speaking it. Speaking of Nando's, right? I'll tell you right now, we used to live... My, my family, we used to live in South Africa for, I would say, the first, Are you first shit? four, five... I'm, I'm being dead serious. First four or five years of my life. Edwin, can I, you vouch this? Is he, is he actually speaking truth? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was in South Africa before, before he came here. No way! Yeah. yeah. Dead serious, dead serious. I mean, there is an Indian pop you know population there and everything right so it's not I mean, yeah it's not but I, in all honesty like if someone asked me where do you think nevin was before england i would never have said unless it was a joke <laughs> it was a horror joke south africa <laughs> like that's where <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> that's the only way i'd say south africa or maybe mm. i mean he did he did come you know come here when he was pretty young so mm. i mean that's the that's the reason like, Interesting. it doesn't sound anything like south african that's or indian like... filthy immigrant and <laughs> Really uh, not a problem the thing no, is no. right living in south africa right the food over there when it comes to chicken sausages any any meat that they make when you're having a braai that's like the way of saying a barbecue over there the braai that they make oh, stupendous i'm telling you they the way they cook their food the way they cook their meat far excels any other country maybe apart from america because I, I know they love their meat too because yeah. the amount of spice, the flavor, the heat that comes from their meat, I'll tell you right right now, is because of my time in South Africa that I was a beast when I came to the UK. You were that's a beast. Fa- I'm learning so much about Nevin today. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Jessalyn, if you saw my pictures when I was in year two, year three, oh, poor child. God damn, you would call oh. me a blob. Oh, a genuine baby. blob. I can definitely vouch for that because I did. <laughs> oh, of course that. you can vouch for that. I mean, oh, I mean, it was your mom. God. It was your mom who showed it to me, so you know. So. Oh, <laughs> poor baby. I still What's it? Oh. My mom for that. Oh, uh, she just wanted to feed feed her sweet child. I mean, how you you can't blame her, can you? Yeah, you're blaming her. I'm blaming her. Do you know why? Because. I'm telling you right now, I would look down and I couldn't see my thighs. Oh, no. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, that okay, was okay. crazy. Okay, okay. okay Were you one of those yeah. kids who sat on the chair and just struggled to reach their feet to tie their shoelaces? Was that you? Don't you that's not no! <laughs> you just legit unlocked a memory, a very bad memory. Man. God damn. Oh. I, I, I wouldn't, I would have to lean against a wall. I couldn't oh, do it you standing up because I would fall over. I'm, I'm being dead serious. Oh, gosh. <gasps> you know those roly-poly, like, leapfrog things? Oh, what are they called? Leapfrogs? Roly-poly leapfrog. Oh. Tell us a leapfrog. <laughs> no, there's, like, these... Ro- ro- Guys, I'll think of it. Don't worry. I'm a teacher. I'll think mm. of it. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. What, what, why don't we get back to, like, substance stuff again? I know. This, we're just talking about Nandus for no reason. Oh, Nandus. Oh, my God. The craving that I'm experiencing right now, guys. Thank you for that, by the way. Look, I'm not going to lie. Like, like, that is also something important that should be talked about because right now you know all the restaurants are closed like i mean mm. i mean they're doing takeaway but you know i mean at the 
you know, at the end of the day, you know, we are social creatures. So like having food together, it's it's like one of the best ways to, so you know, socialize and stuff. And then, you know, um, from from America, I'm I, I think it's in California. I think the L.A. County, like all the restaurants are closed. Mm. Every single one. And every, yeah, they, they have what they have, what, 30,000 restaurants and they're all closed. Like some of them are doing takeaway stuff. But like basically back in like, you know, when, whenever they, they do Thanksgiving, I think it was like what a few months ago but basically just before that you know they said hey you can open up again if you do outdoor dining so then they spend like more a, a lot of restaurants spend a lot of money you know putting patios and everything out there you know outdoors and then just before thanksgiving they said wait okay and then they basically opened for 10 days after 10 days they basically said hey COVID is really bad we need to close everything up again and then they spend thousands, I mean, no, like, like some, some, some spend like a hundred thousand dollars for, for all this extension, all of that. And then, you know, it just, it just closed. And then they were like, what are we supposed to do? Because we, we did what the government asked us to do. I mean, not us, they said, Hey, to open up again, you need to do this. But then, you know, they still closed again. And then the, and then the two things that, you know, that I learned from it was one was, you know, I think the government, like, like the Californian government don't, don't care about these people. Because because there are videos out there of like, basically, you got a restaurant there closed up and everything, because because COVID can spread between people. And then right next to the restaurant, there's like a supermarket and it's queued up and there's like people bunching in there, and you're like, wait, how is that fair? That's that's what the question is. But yeah, like if you want, I mean, I mean if you know if pe- people want to get get more information on that i mean there's a joe rogan podcast on that which i basically listened to and they were like talking about all of this but yeah it's just you know i mean i think the most i miss is is going out like yeah. literally going 100%. out and having a good meal because because there was a lot of stuff planned up coming you know like you know there was a few people out there asking me you know you guys want to go out i mean not just restaurants but pubs as well because um Normally, uh, in my workplace, every 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 first Thursday, so first th- Thursday of the month, we normally all of us would go out and you know have a few drinks, drinks and stuff like that. Um, not gonna lie, I did I did get drunk twice. Oh, mm-hmm. naughty, naughty. <laughs> twice. Yeah, but, I wonder. What yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, once once was. Your mom's not yeah uh, true <laughs> i mean i mean you know one time my mom did come and pick me up so you know it's... at the pub no not from the pub from the station so once i got Imagine back that. to the home station <laughs> so you were drunk when she that's i should have been there i, I should have been there man oh. <laughs> but you know uh like like the most i miss is those two and like especially now I'm being go, drunk going... that's what you miss the most can i just hear that can you say that <laughs> Oh, Edwin, big, big trouble, my friends. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna cut that bit out, but yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, nah, but basically, it's 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 not just that, but uh, because of the current COVID lockdowns and everything, like if, even at work, I mean, I have to go in because I, because I have to physically be there as, as part of my job. But it, that's what that's not the same case for everyone there. So, you know, all of the all of the friends I made out there, I haven't seen them in a long while. Like, like a few of them I saw back in, I think November or something. And sorry, sorry, October, sorry, October. And that's it. I saw them in October, and then I haven't seen them again since. So you know, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty trying times 
for testing times but you know it's i mean it is it is what it is you know but i'm you know i'm really hoping the cases go down the deaths go down and just just that we can get back to a normal living mm. but yeah i think like something to something to point out about everything that you're saying is that you you kind of uh, now understand it's it's one of those things where you have to go through such a difficult time to realize who you really do care about and who you really do prioritize in your life and um who you want to make sure um particularly if they if you know that they are quite vulnerable who you want to take care of especially through such a difficult time like this and it was it was one of those things where you had the option to be do able to check in on especially um your friends and your loved ones just even through a meal and it's it's not just the principle of you sitting outside, going to a restaurant, going to London, meeting up with your friends, getting dressed up and sitting there and having a meal. It's the whole principle of you being able to actually have um, a conversation and just being able to make memories that I think people miss the most. Um, and of course, with with the idea that you are not able to do that right now, I think, of course, like it's it's necessary. Of course, like people are um, will have opinions that, um, you know, um, that it's it's quite difficult to not be able to do like be able to do things like that in terms of socially but I, I feel like once god willing things go actually like back to normal at some point people will make the most out of that even such mm. such a simple things such as going out and meeting mm. your friends and meeting your loved ones and Spe- take value speaking, speaking of which like today one of my friends were telling me that uh because because of the vaccine being rolled out now like like the movies um have been have reopened in, you know i think i think carolyn stuff they have reopened and it's like house full oh, okay. like like it's fully packed now and and not just india like dubai as well like, like du- dubai has a quite a low number of cases apparently so mm-hmm. like like they basically reopened the movies and everything and it's like fully packed mm-hmm. and wow. um yeah i mean we'll, we'll see how much of a impact that makes but you know, people, you know, in some countries, people are already like, because the vaccine is out there, they're like, we're fine. Let's, let's just get back to normal again. Uh, but yeah, here, right. I mean. The cinemas, right? Even if they do open, like open back up, still don't like them. Because mm. tell, tell, right, tell me right now, how come that when you make popcorn in a microwave at your house, mm. probably costs how much? 50, 50p, mm. one pound? Yeah, yeah. And the fact that you cook it up again in a cinema, it magically turns into some thirty-pound investment. <laughs> why? Why? What, what, what changed? That's the main reason why I think cinemas need to work. Because I'll be honest, right? If you're paying that much for popcorn, you lost it. You've lost the plot. I mean, I mean, I think, I think now, uh, who? What was it? I think it was Warner Brothers. They were saying. From now on, when they release movies, they're gonna release it straight straight onto their streaming service as well. So like like there are companies out there who are already saying, like like the movies are going out of the way. Like like me personally, I've already planned like you know when I get my own place and stuff. Like like the plan is to, I mean either either have a supper room just to watch watch a movie, <laughs> watch movies, or like you know your living room is like decked out with like the best sound system, the best TV, and everything, and theater. just so that yeah, exactly yeah, basically yeah. basically home theater, so that you know you can just sit and watch you know with your loved ones or whoever, and you know just and I mean I would rather do that than you know like uh, travel. I mean okay. But to be what fair, about if you're... the popcorn? What about the popcorn, though? Make it, make you're it at home. home. Listen to what I've been saying, Jocelyn. You're an advocate for cinemas, and I don't, I don't like that. Listen to me. You're an advocate for expensive popcorn, and I'm, I'll be honest right now, you need to get out of this call right now. 
I don't hate it. This is the thing with cinemas, though. Do you think they're going to go extinct? Because right now, mm. it, it, it's a strong, strong possibility, especially with movies. Well, not even movies, but produ- production companies like Warner Brothers, uh, things like Netflix, just moving all these movies onto your, your home devices. Like, Is there really a need to go out to a cinema anymore? Hmm. I mean, I mean, right now, like the news is so basically in in UK, we have like three main cinema companies, right? We got View, Cineworld and 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 Odin, Odeon, 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 I don't know how we say it, but basically Cineworld is already up and out. Like, like, I think I think they filed for bankruptcy, I believe. I don't know. I need to like, like double check me on that one. Like, I'm sorry, don't 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 call me on that. But basically it's it's really bad for them view is somehow surviving um i'm not sure what's happening with Odeon, but like obviously we will see what happens because i know that you know when when one company shuts down there is someone there ready ready to take his place and we will see we'll see what happens but i think i think in terms of in terms of cinema i think people are gonna go like if you're in a large group like you know or you got like 10 10 15 friends you're not gonna go to a house and just watch from there you would rather go to a cinema watch watch the movie properly and then you go to a restaurant and you know have some have a very nice meal and i think in those cases it's still gonna be there uh but when it comes to like just your family watching you would rather just uh rather just be at home i mean i mean me personally i would only go to watch a movie if 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 it warrants it so like back in the day uh if it's a marvel movie i would definitely go and watch it in the cinema or like 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 the last thing i watched was tenet which was which was amazing to watch i mean i mean the audio thing was a bit off for some reason at the at the movies but other than that you know it worked it you know i did i did enjoy it because you know you were able to go out and watch a watch in a nice uh nice movie theater see that's the thing with with things like that like watching movies right they have to be an experience now it's not it, could, it can't be sitting yourself down on a chair and watching a film, it has to be something more than that, right? That's the only way these mm. cinemas can survive, right? Because if, mm. if you can emulate something that's far more stimulating, forgive me for a lack of a better word, but something more stimulating than what mm. cinemas are right now. Because, for example, there, what is it, View that's doing these, these pods? Is that, you, mm. You've been to one of those, right, Edwin? Pods? No. Is it a pod? I can't remember. They they give you this four D experience. Like, I don't know. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So basically, super extra. Yeah yeah. So yeah yeah. So 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 basically, you know the I think it's in view or Cineworld. I think I think it was Cineworld. Basically, the chair moving everything, and you got the chair moving, and you know vibrating and all of that. I think I watched one of the Star Wars like that, and then I think uh, they also have the four D experience where you got the main screen in the middle, right, and then you have two two screens on the side as well. And it gives you like a whole project. See, that is what you call an experience. You don't go to a cinema for a film; you go there for an experience. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you would only be willing to do that if the movie is that good. Like otherwise, no. Mm. Otherwise, you're you're not going to watch Mamma Mia with (laughs) moving seats. Yeah, no, 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 no way, no way. I think, I think the movies you know you would watch is like proper action movies or like I don't know sci-fi or all that kind of stuff. Like you definitely watch. Thank you for listening to the interesting podcast and thank you, Jesslyn, for talking to us today about teaching and education, and everything, especially during this pandemic and giving us some insight 
and uh, basically being Socrates uh, mm. at one point as well. So just uh, <laughs> just giving us the wisdom, and uh, you know, I'm really hoping that you know it becomes it's a it's a positive thing for for a lot of people out there. And uh, now Nevin would like to say something. Jesslyn, I'll be honest, right? When we when we started this um this whole podcasting, we want to keep something within each episode to maintain some con- continuity from episode to episode, right? Okay. So okay. at the end of every podcast, we would like to um, make a little joke, end up mm. on a light-hearted ending, right? Right. This is oh, not going bad to feeling about this. There's a very, there's a very <laughs> good <laughs> risk that this joke is not very light-hearted, but it's a risk oh, I'm willing no. to take. Jocelyn. <clears throat> oh God. Mm. How many Mexicans does it take to change a light bulb? How many Mexicans? I have no idea. How many Mexicans does it take to change a light bulb? Juan. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's okay. I can't. Just... You got you got a mini chuckle from me. Aha. That's all I can. <laughs> <laughs> 